0: Young, i listen to the radio
1: This is the National Broadcasting Company
2: Bob Trout speaking, this is the Columbia Broadcasting System
3: This is Mutual This is ABC Radio Network Hi John, I'm Larry Gassman, welcoming you to another Same Time, Same Station We are going to feature Valentine's programming this week In a little while, we'll hear from Family Theater Duffy's Tavern and my favorite husband but before we do any of that we're going to take a a long listen to judy canova we haven't played judy canova in quite a while so we'll go back and hear that one right now five days before valentine's day the show february 9 1946. from hollywood the judy canova show brought to you each week by the colgate Palmolive company
1: makers of Palmolive soap and colgate tooth powder
3: Your beauty hope and Colgate tooth powder for a breath that's sweet present the Judy Canova Show with Mel Blank, Ruby Dandridge, Joe Kearns, Ruth Parrott, George Neese, the sportsman, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and starring Judy Canova.
4: How you gonna keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris? After they've seen... How you gonna keep them away from the city? Chasing around and painting the town. How you gonna keep them away from harm? It's a mystery. Imagine Reuben when he meets his pa. He'll kiss his cheek and holler, ooh la la. How you gonna keep
5: down on the farm?
4: I tell you, folks, it's a problem. Now, you take my boyfriend Chester. He went away and he swore he'd be back to the farm someday. He said, Gal, I'm a leaving the farm work all up to you. Now, aren't that nice of Chester to do? So I pitched right in and milked the cows And plowed the fields and fed the sows One day I plowed 30 acres Got a might tired, of course Bet I could have plowed 30 more If I'd have had a horse <laughs> Then I kept good and warm all winter Through snow and ice By reading Forever Amber Twice <laughs> And then come spring I sort of put on the dog Hung up a brand new Technicolor catalog But I shore Miss Chester To help with the chores Then one day at last He come in through the door He was dressed fit to kill In a ready-made suit And he had a blonde floozy Along with him to boot (laughs) So booter I did And they both left that day Now I'm alone again So that's why I say Oh, how you gonna keep them down on the farm After they've seen Paris After they've seen How you gonna keep them away from the city Chasing around and painting the town How you gonna keep them away from harm That's a mystery They'll never
5: want to see a rake or
4: plow. And who the heck can probably boo a
5: how are you gonna keep them down on the farm After they've seen
3: Paris? Well, it's still a few days until Valentine's Day and Judy is hopeful she'll be swamped with Valentine's from her admirers. As our scene opens, she's talking to Aunt Aggie.
4: Just think, Aunt Aggie, it's still five days till Valentine's Day, and already I got a box of candy and one valentine. You did, Judy. That's quite a compliment. Well, I don't know whether it is or not. Listen to what the valentine says. Your clothes are really pretty cheap, and speaking of your sweater, give back the wool to those poor sheep. On them, it looks much better. (laughs) Poor Judy, you yeah, never seem to get anywhere romantically What'd you say there? You never seem to get anywhere romantically Oh, I did all right in Cactus Junction Back there I had men by the score You did? Yeah, that's how I got them, they didn't know the score
5: <laughs> One
4: handsome young fella named Homer was real fond of me Was he unattached? Unattached? Chucks, he was practically falling apart Before he met me, he was going steady with a hot water bottle With no top Uh, Did he have a good job, Judy? Oh, yeah Homer worked in a war plant But one day he got caught in the conveyor belt And went out on the assembly line
6: Gracious Judy, what happened to him?
4: Well, I ain't sure But if you ever see a P-38 eating a sandwich That's Homer
5: (laughs) Oh, howdy, Geranium.
4: What you got there? Valentine's Miss Judy from a boyfriend Palmroy, to his little 17 Jewel. Yeah, that's what he calls me when he puts his arm around my waist. <laughs> uh, Seventeen Jewel, huh? Yeah, honey.
6: <laughs> I'm curved to fit his wrist. <laughs> Uh, What kind of valentines did Pomeroy send you? Well, listen to this one, ma'am Ain't it cute? I hope I make this love note clear And please don't think
4: I'm callous But when I build my dream boat, dear I want you for my ballast (laughs) Oh, now, ain't that sweet, Geranium? Read the ballast of it Say, you know, Miss Judy, I guess Palmer really thinks I'm ship-shape, honey. Oh, uh, you are, Geranium, but your cargo seems to have shifted a little bit. <laughs> Say, uh, what would you write on that other valentine? Oh, I like this one best. Listen, your cooking got me from the start. Hot biscuits, homemade
6: jelly. The nearest way to reach my heart is really through my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey geranium look what i got this morning somebody sent me a 10 pound box of chocolates and bonbons here have one. Oh, thank you miss judy i'll take this pink bonbon with the cherry on the end of it geranium that's my thumb with red nail polish oh <laughs> say what do you suppose who do you suppose sent that can miss judy i don't know but i'd sure like to oh it was probably some romantic fella who wanted to keep his identity a secret you will probably walk up to me and say... Pardon me for talking in your face, senorita. Uh, Oh, hello, Pedro. What you got there?
1: Well, senorita, my girl sent back this valentine package. She didn't like the big red heart.
4: But, Pedro, ain't a red heart a sign of genuine love?
1: Well, senorita, this red heart is a sign of genuine dog food. (laughs) My girlfriend's father is in the trucking business.
4: Yeah, what makes you think that?
1: Well, last Saturday I heard her mother say, here comes Papa with another load.
4: <laughs> Pedro, how'd he get in that condition?
1: Well, Senorita, really he went to a party. At midnight everybody started playing a game called Who Am I? And by two o'clock they weren't kidding. <laughs>
4: must be quite a rounder.
1: See, but since he saw The Lost Weekend, he is a changed man. Boy, did that picture scare him.
4: Did he give up drinking?
1: No, he gave up going to the movies.
5: <laughs>
1: you know, senorita, I bet on a horse call last weekend, and Lost Weekend sure was a good name for him. Why, Pedro? Well, I bet on him Friday, and he didn't show up till Monday. <laughs> Oh, look, Senator, I wrote a poem about the races. Would you
4: like to read it? Yeah, let's see it. Hmm, this looks pretty good. Says, a fellow named Pedro went to the track, took $600 and didn't bring it back. There were horses to the left of him, horses to the right of him, horses in front of him, volleyed and thundered. Into the valley of death rode Pedro 600. <laughs>
3: Clarinet and his orchestra are playing. I don't care who knows it.
5: Use cold gate tooth powder, keep smiling just right. Use it each morning and use it each night. Don't take a chance.
3: From Colgate Tooth Powder. A breath of spring is most enthusable, but a breath of trouble is inexcusable. There's more truth than poetry to that because a breath of trouble, I mean, unpleasing breath, can mark you down, ruin your romance, make you unpopular. It's happened to thousands without their knowing. Don't you take a chance. Just do this brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate tooth powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate tooth powder. Remember to buy it first thing and remember the name Colgate tooth powder with the accent on powder.
1: Don't take a chance
3: with your romance. Use Colgate.
4: Wow. Geranium, who do you suppose sent me this valentine candy? Well, Miss Judy, do you suppose it was that sailor who tried to flirt with you yesterday? No, I discouraged that feller. Mm-hmm. When he tried to flirt, I turned on him and said, Listen here, sailor. I'm a nice, respectable girl who lives at 1476 Ravenhurst Drive. And don't you try to follow me unless you walk faster. Say, <laughs> hey, you know something, honey? I like sailors. They're such happy people. Yeah, sailors sure are happy. Whenever you pass one on the street, he's whistling. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
4: but Marines are even happier. Marines are happier than sailors? I wonder why. Their pants fit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, howdy, mister. Hello, girlie. remember me? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're that traveling salesman, feller. Yep,
1: Roscoe P. Wertle's the name.
4: What does the P stand for?
1: Prescription. When I was born, my old man got one look at me and took a powder. Uh
5: (laughs) a Ding Dogger,
1: you tell them, Gypsy Rose, no one's got anything on you. Say, mister, what are you selling this time? I'm selling a line of Valentine's girlie. I got roses or red Valentine's. I love you truly, Valentine's. Baby, I miss you, Valentine's. And honey, don't take the train to Reno until we decide who gets the custody of the butter, Valentine.
4: <laughs>
1: Have you sold any yet? Yes, three, bub. My biggest seller is Song Valentine. Say, did you hear the broken girdle song? The Broken Girdle song. Yeah, June is busting out all over. <laughs>
5: ain't that a wang, Billy?
1: <laughs> Wish I could add lib but throw something in here. <laughs> See? <laughs> pretty good
4: for a young fella, huh? Just, mister, you ain't so young. Why, sis, I'm only 25, taking or leaving. You mean you're 25, double or nothing. Now, wait a minute,
1: girlie. Let's both go to a neutral corner and start over. You tell them boxing glove, I'm a little punchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I make up this stuff myself out of my head. No fooling.
4: How long have you been out of your head?
1: Well, there's nothing wrong with me, girlie. You can tell that by looking into my face. Just look into my face.
4: Okay, mister. And believe
1: me, your face needs looking into. All right, girlie, I can take a hint, I'll scram I'm gonna make a noise like a bourbon and soda and highball out of here
4: Gosh, <laughs> if I had some eggs to mix with that corn, I sure could turn out some good fritters <laughs> Geranium, I still can't figure out who sent me that box of candy Say, honey, maybe Mr. Bisley Bosford sent that candy Now, you know something? That could be, Geranium mm. Benchley is rich. He could afford ten pounds. His aunt left him a million dollars. She did? Yeah, but that money don't influence me. I'd marry him no matter who left it to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, senorita. What is it, Pedro? Senor Benchford stop is in the living room. Well, show him in, Pedro.
2: Hello, Judy.
4: Howdy, Benchley.
2: Oh, Judy, it's good to see you. Let me look at you. Ah, she is beautiful, therefore to be wooed. She is a woman, therefore to be won. W Shakespeare.
4: Ah, he is handsome. He is a man. Therefore, I ain't gonna bother with the rest of it. Jake and over. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, Judy, you're so cute. Can I kiss you?
4: Shucks, I guess you can. Most fellas has been able to.
2: <laughs> well, Judy, do you let a man kiss you with the lights on or off?
4: Yes, Benchley. Say, Benchley, did you send me this box of Valentine candy?
2: No, Judy, but that's a pretty fancy box of chocolates I must have a rival This looks like a fly in the ointment
4: No, that's just a raisin in the peanut cluster (laughs) Gee, I wonder if my old boyfriend, Roger, sent me this candy Roger used to take me on dates He did? Yeah And you know, Roger liked Veronica Lake so much That one Saturday night, I decided to comb my hair down over my eyes Gee, we had a wonderful date
3: Where'd he take you?
4: I don't know I couldn't see a thing (laughs) Well,
3: I've got a dash,
2: Judy I'm going to the Hollywood men's shop
4: You are? Gee, will you do me a favor?
2: Well, sure, Judy What is it?
4: When you get to the Hollywood men's shop Have them send one over to me (laughs) Give me a little Will you Huh? what are you gonna miss, will you Huh? gosh oh jeez, why do you refuse, I can't see what you got to lose, oh give me a little squeeze, will you Huh? why do you want to make me blue, I wouldn't say a thing if I was asking for the world, What's a little kiss Between the feller and his girl Oh, give me a little kiss Will ya, huh? And I'll give it right back to you Give me a little coat Will ya, huh? Save along me for gold Will ya, huh? My poor wrist is fair as it can be Won't you buy a golden band for me Oh, give me a little card Will you, huh? That would be mighty nice of you. An aeroplane, a motorboat, some pearls, a diamond ring. But, honey, if you feel you can't afford to buy those things, then give me a
5: little kiss. Will you, huh? And I'll give it right back to you.
0: Remember,
3: doctors prove Palmolive's beauty results. It's true, doctors prove Palmolive soap can bring two out of three women a more beautiful complexion in just 14 days. And this plan was tested on women with all types of skin.
6: Even women with dry skin, oily skin, rough skin, women as old as 50, even women whose skin wasn't clear.
3: Yes, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, have proved the 14-day Palmolive plan improves all types of skin. Yes, brings fresher, brighter, younger-looking complexions. Start your 14-day palm olive plan now. It's as simple as one, two, three. Here's all you do.
6: One. Wash your face with palm olive soap. Two. Then massage your face for 60 seconds with palm olive soft, lovely lather. You see, one full minute of this cleansing massage brings your skin palm olive's full, beautifying effect. Three. Then rinse. Do this just three times a day for 14 days.
3: And that's all. Remember, doctors prove this beauty plan with palm olive soap brought two out of three of all women tested a more beautiful complexion in just 14 days, no matter what beauty care they used before. So get Palmolive soap. See what Palmolive can do for your own complexion in only 14 days.
6: And for tub or shower, for loveliness all over, get the new big thrifty bath size Palm Olive. <laughs> Why are you looking through the photograph album?
4: Aunt Aggie, I'm looking for pictures of my old boyfriends in Cactus Junction. I'm trying to get a clue to who sent me that candy for Valentine's Day. Uh, Judy, could it be this young man? No, no, that's Cousin Gooney. He had a large mole on his left shoulder. Sure did attract attention. What's so unusual about a large mole? Everybody used to feed it peanuts. <laughs> 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 He's a big eater, too. He's a big eater. (laughs) Uh, Judy, who is this young man in the album? By golly, Aunt Aggie, I bet he's the one who sent me the candy. His name is Luke. He was my very first boyfriend. But Pa and Ma broke up our romance. They did, Judy. How did that happen? Well, it's a long story. One Valentine's Day back in Cactus Junction, Ma was talking to Pa... Oh, you lazy critter.
1: <laughs> is that coffee I smell?
4: It is and you do.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what time is it, ma?
4: February. <laughs> You've been asleep since July.
1: Feel right rested, too.
5: <laughs>
4: pa, you got egg on your face.
1: Is it near my mouth?
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no.
1: Doggone, and I was right hungry, too.
4: What you thinking of, Pa?
1: Our little girl, Judy. Thinking how she looks more like you every day.
4: Oh, what's the difference long as she's healthy? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look out yonder.
1: What's out yonder, Ma?
4: Our kids is in the yard. I can only count fourteen. One of our young'uns is a missing.
5: One?
1: Gosh, Ma, you sure are a stickler for detail. (laughs) How can we be sure one is missing?
4: Look in the bathtub and count the ring.
1: (laughs) What's a bathtub? (laughs) Come to think of it, Zeke says a dog catcher picked up her hands.
4: I told you we should have give that boy a haircut.
1: (laughs) Couldn't, Ma. His head was a-getting too big for the sugar bowl.
4: (laughs) Ain't we got no other bowl you could use on ranch, Pa?
1: Yep, but his ears keep getting stuck in the handles. (laughs) Too bad, too. His head just fit that long gravy bowl.
4: (laughs) Look, Pa, here comes Judy's better Luke up on the porch.
1: Should have let him in, Ma.
4: Sit right where you are, Pa. Don't get up.
1: Why not?
4: Don't want them hatching eggs to get cold.
1: (laughs) Howdy, folks.
4: Howdy, Luke. Sit down.
1: Well, I don't know. Has the furniture been cleaned lately?
4: Yeah, but we can clean it again after you go.
1: (laughs) Hey, is Judy here? Uh, Got a valentine for her. Are you a courtin' Judy, Luke? Yep, I want to marry her. (laughs)
4: Well, Judy ain't much to look
1: at. Oh, it don't matter. I'll be away from home most of the time. (laughs) Hey, Luke, is this true love? Sure is. Would you love Judy any more than you do now if she had a lot of money? a thousand dollars? I sure would not. Then get out. We don't want no fools in this family.
5: <laughs> well,
1: I reckon I better change my mind about getting married.
4: Luke, you can't back out now. Well,
1: I can, too. You
4: just try, and I'll shoot you right between the eyes. Better aim Summers else, Pa. There ain't no space between Luke's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes, I've seen potatoes with the eyes further apart than Luke. And Aunt Aggie, that was the end of my romance with Luke. Well, Judy, do you think he sent the candy? No, Aunt Aggie, but I sure wish I knew who did. <phone rings> oh, I'll get the phone, Aunt Aggie. Hello? Yes, this is Judy Canova. Oh, you're the one who sent the candy. Well, I wondered about that. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Oh, Judy, who was it? Google's Grocery and Delicatessen. What? Yeah, you know, they had a guessing contest to see who could tell the right number of beans in a jar, and I won the prize. I guessed 550,206 beans. No wonder they sent that little note with the candy. Well, what did the note say? To Judy Canova, the only girl in town who really counts. <laughs> Here's a song that's one of my favorites. I hope you like it too. I can't begin to tell you how much you mean to me. My words. how happy I would be if I could speak my mind like others do. I make such pretty speeches whenever
3: This is Vern Smith asking you to follow the 14-day palm olive plan for a lovelier complexion. And don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder night and morning and before every date. Ladies, there's still a colossal shortage of industrial fats. And one result is a shortage of soap in your stores. Remember, too, fat is needed in the manufacture of nylons, textiles, electrical appliances, baby carriages, and scores of other peacetime products. That's why Secretary of Agriculture Anderson asks you to keep on salvaging all the used cooking fat you can, for it's needed in the manufacture of soap and other industrial uses. Remember, ladies, where there's fat, there's soap. Keep on saving it. Your butcher still pays four cents a pound for used cooking fat. Now, here's Judy.
4: Folks, it was awfully nice being with you tonight, and I hope we'll all be together again next Saturday night. In the meantime, please don't forget the two products that bring us together each week. Palm olive soap and Gold Gate tooth powder. The bestest in the world. This is Judy Canova from Hollywood singing.
5: Go to sleepy little baby. Go to sleepy little
3: baby. The Judy Canova show is written by Fred Fox and Henry Hoople. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. The Judy Canova show from February 9, 1946 here on same time same station. Now let's go back to a perennial favorite lots of us like my favorite husband with Lucille Ball as we go back to Valentine's Day actually 3 days prior let's go back to February 11, 1949 and my favorite husband.
0: It's time for my favorite husband starring Lucille Ball.
6: Hello everybody. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts.
1: J-E-L-L Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the
6: big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O pudding. Yum, yum,
0: yum. Jell-O cap, pudding. (laughs) Yes, And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. And now let's look in on the Coopers. It's three days before Valentine's Day. Well, she's been hinting about it all morning, but George doesn't seem to notice. And now at breakfast, Liz is making one last try by arranging her toast crusts
1: in the form of a heart.
6: George... Hey, George. George, look at my plate.
1: Hmm? Oh, yeah, you should eat those crust, Liz. They're good for your teeth.
6: That's my romantic husband. George, didn't you notice what shape they're in?
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, a triangle. No. A pumpkin?
6: No. George, when two people are in love and are going to get married, what does it affect the most?
1: Oh, don't tell me that's a (laughs) pocketbook.
6: Oh, it's a heart Doesn't that remind you of anything?
1: Oh, yes, I've got to take my liver pills
6: (laughs) Oh, why don't you go read your paper I was trying to remind you that Valentine's Day is coming up Oh,
1: that's it? Well, you didn't have to remind me I didn't? No, every ad in the paper is full of it What a racket
6: It is not a racket. It's a wonderful, romantic holiday, and I like it. Hmm.
1: You know how it started?
6: Well, St. Valentine was a... He... Hmm. No, I don't. Do you?
1: Well, (laughs) it so happens I do. It seems that years ago, there were two kindly old gentlemen who thought love was so wonderful that they set aside a day to honor all sweethearts and lovers. And they called it St. Valentine's Day.
6: Oh, isn't that sweet? Who were they?
1: A candy maker and a florist.
5: Oh, <laughs> well, George,
6: I suppose... I suppose you think a department store owner invented mothers so they could have Mother's Day.
1: You know, you may be right.
6: Well, St. Valentine's Day doesn't mean just candy and flowers. It's the spirit of loving that counts. If you really love someone enough, they'll know it without any presents.
1: Are you serious? Yes. Liz, I love you.
6: You mean... you mean no presents? (laughs)
1: No, I love you too much.
6: But, George, what's Valentine's Day without candy and flowers? (laughs) I
1: thought so. (laughs)
6: You know, the real reason I like Valentine's Day? Yeah. Because it's such a good excuse to be all mushy and gushy about you.
1: Yeah? Well, what's your excuse for the other 364 days? You're mushy all the time. <laughs>
6: yeah, but on Valentine's Day, I can be mushy and loud. I love you, George! Liz, keep quiet! I love you,
1: George! Liz, stop! What about Katie? Katie loves you, too, George! Oh, <laughs> the
6: lady next door? The la- what about the lady next door? <laughs>
1: Well, she might hear you. Now, 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 simmer down.
6: All right, I'll be quiet. I love you, George. That's better. Do you love me, George?
1: Yes, I do.
6: I'm glad to hear that, George. Anybody want more coffee? <laughs> no thanks, Katie.
5: No thanks.
6: What are we whispering for? <laughs> well, it was just a joke, Katie. We're kidding about Valentine's Day kidding. Oh, you should never joke about Valentine's Day. Oh, it's a beautiful occasion. Why, Katie, I think you've got a boyfriend. Well, I have been working on a Valentine poem and I'm going to give it to... (laughs) (laughs) To whom? I'm going to give it
5: to...
6: (laughs) Is that his first or last name? (laughs) Oh, Mrs. Cooper, it's for Mr. Dabney, the butcher. Oh, old heavy thumb.
1: (laughs) Is the butcher your boyfriend, Katie?
6: Well, sort of.
1: Uh, that explains why we've been able to cut the steaks lately.
6: (laughs) Well, he isn't exactly my boyfriend, but I've always sort of liked him. Well, you could do worse than Mr. Dabney. He's quite attractive and a very good butcher. Well, some people may have better beef, but his liver is good. And no one has oxtail and pig's feet like his.
1: Say, what's it cost to see him?
6: I do have a problem, though, Mrs. Cooper. I I haven't got the nerve to give Mr. Dabney the valentine I wrote to him. Would you go shopping with me today and... Give it to him for me. (laughs) Why, sure, Katie. Anything to help out romance. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Cooper. I'll go finish it.
1: Liz, are you going to start playing Cupid again? Now, you know what happens.
6: George, what harm can come from handing him a valentine for Katie? I'll not only help their romance along, but he'll give us better meat. This isn't just an affair of the heart. There are a couple of stomachs mixed up in this, too. Well, give me the valentine. I'll hand it to him. Here. What have you got on this, Katie? Well, I wanted it scented with an odor he'd like. But it's all soggy. What'd you do, soak it in perfume? No, bacon grease. (laughs) Well, that's romantic. Well, give it to me. I'll be watching from the grocery department. All right. Good morning, Mr. Dabney.
1: Hi, Miss Cooper.
6: How are things in the meat market?
1: Hi, Miss Cooper. <laughs> what can I do for you today?
6: Well, I didn't come to buy anything today, Mr. Dabney. I'm here on sort of a personal matter. Um, I happen to know that uh, one of your customers thinks you're uh, rather nice.
5: No. Yes.
6: <laughs> She's been too bashful to tell you, but uh, since this is almost Valentine's Day, she wants you to know she likes you a lot.
1: You know something, Miss Cooper?
6: What? I like you a lot, too. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I'm not the one. Still
1: bashful, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you little
6: minx. <laughs> Just a second, Mr. Dabney. I happen to be speaking for someone else.
1: <laughs> What's such you're hiding behind your back? Oh,
6: how did I get mixed up in this? Here, this will straighten things out. It's a valentine.
1: Oh, Miss Cooper, I feel like such a heel. I don't have one for you.
6: Now, stop this nonsense.
1: Now, wait a minute. I'll cut your heart-shaped piece of salami. Oh,
6: no. Look, just read this valentine and you'll see what I'm trying to tell you.
1: All right. Liz... Oh, gee, it looks beautiful. <sighs> and how did you know? My favorite aroma. Swift's premium.
6: Read the Valentine.
1: All right. If you'll be mine, then I'll be thine. You set my heart a quiver. Say you'll be my Valentine and send two pounds of liver. <laughs>
6: a practical thought.
1: Oh, Miss Cooper, this is touching. Did you write this all by your little
6: self? For the last time, no. Look at the signature. Well, it signs your bashful redhead. Oh, no! Katie! Oh, she's gone.
1: Oh, don't try to pretend, Liz. No.
6: <laughs> you stay there. You stay right behind that counter.
1: Oh, come here, you bashful redhead.
6: I mean, listen to me. Katie has red hair, too. We're both redheads. She's the one for you.
1: Listen, two houses may have red roofs, but you don't pick the one with the sagging foundation.
6: Well, it's too bad your fish isn't as fresh as you are.
1: Oh... Don't try to fight this thing, my little tenderloin. It's bigger than both of
5: us. Now stop, <laughs>
6: now, stop this, Mr. Dabney. What about Katie?
1: She's bigger than both of us, too. <laughs> oh, Miss Cooper, I've admired you for years. Each little lamb chop you bought, I personally put the pants on. <laughs> I feel as
5: though part of me belongs to you.
1: So do I. You feel as though part of me belongs to you?
6: Yes, your thumb. I've paid for it often enough. Goodbye. Oh, it was simply awful, Katie. He came right out of his store and followed me down the block. We'll just have to stop trading there I could never face that Mr. Dabney again Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Cooper I shouldn't have gotten panicky and run away Well, I'm sorry it ruined your romance Oh, I'll get over it in time I have a date with the milkman tonight (laughs) Well, that's good Now that we're going to get tough meat again It'll be nice to have fresh eggs (laughs) I left his valentine in an empty milk bottle Well, that's romantic What did you say? I said, I love you, dear. Don't be surprised. Leave two quarts of homogenized. Uh-huh. Well, uh, listen, Edgar Guest, do me a favor, will you? I've made out a check for Mr. Dabney, and I wish you'd go out and mail it. The sooner I sever connections with that wolf, the better. Uh, yes, ma'am, I will. Here, mail this one, too. This is a valentine. Why, Mrs. Cooper, who were you sending the valentine to? To George, of course. I, I thought it would sort of be fun for him to get it at the bank. It's a copy of the first Valentine I ever sent to him when I was only 16 years old. Oh, um, here you are, Katie. Better hurry. They pick up the mail soon. All right. I'll get my coat and go right away. Better wear your gloves. That Valentine's pretty hot.
1: <laughs> Hi, Liz.
6: George, what are you doing home in the middle of the afternoon? Well, You've I... been fired. No, I you just... quit. Oh,
1: no. You're sick. No, I feel fine. The bank
6: burned down? No. Isn't that just like a man comes home early and won't give you a word of explanation?
1: (laughs) Well, give me a chance. Let me get in the house. You talk so much, the breeze keeps blowing me back out the
6: door. All right, come on in.
1: I'm going to Chicago for a couple of days on business, and I have to pack and catch the 4 o'clock train.
6: Oh, good. I'll go with you.
1: No, sorry, honey. uh, Mr. Atterbury has a new rule. No wives along on business
5: trips.
6: Well, he took his wife along on his last trip.
1: That's when he made the rule.
6: (laughs) Well, I'll go pack for you. Oh, uh, wait a minute, George. You'll be back by Monday, won't you? No. Oh, dear. I'll see you in a minute, George. Hey, where are you going? Down to the mailbox. I have to see a man about a letter. (laughs) Cooper. did you mail those letters yet yes oh darn it has a mailman collected them no i don't oh there he's just opening the mailbox now you go home katie i'll be back in a few minutes all right Mrs. hello
1: hey oh hello
6: how are you today
1: a lot you care never seen you before in my life <laughs> If you really want to know i feel rotten My rheumatism's acting up.
6: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, sure.
6: Are you, uh, picking up the mail?
1: No. I'm a Confederate soldier, and these are messages for General Lee.
6: You don't have to get nasty about it.
1: What do you got on your mind, young lady?
6: It's very simple. There's a letter in that box I want.
1: Oh, oh, tampering with the mails, eh?
6: No, I wrote it myself. There's my letter, that blue one on the top of the pile. Take your hands off
1: that letter. But
6: it's mine. See, it's addressed to my husband, and there's my name in the corner, Liz Cooper, see? Prove it. Well, uh, uh, look at the initials on my purse, L.C.,
1: you gotta have better proof than initials on a purse. Oh,
6: well, here, uh, here's a snapshot.
1: What about it?
6: Well, see, it's me.
1: Let me see. By golly, it is you. Well, that's proof of. Now, wait a minute.
6: <laughs> you can't trick me like that. Look, look, the flap isn't on very tight. Look inside. I'll, I'll tell you what's in it.
1: Well, I'll just peek in here. And see, see, it's in. a
6: Valentine I sent to my husband.
1: It's a Valentine, yeah. Uh huh. Don't look like Uh Uh-huh, just as I thought Trying to rob the United States mail Young lady, you can go to the penitentiary for this What? There's no valentine in this envelope at all There isn't? No, it's a check made out to Mr. Daphne, the butcher Oh,
6: good heavens That means Mr. Daphne's getting the valentine I sent to George Oh, quick, look for another letter made out to Daphne Oh,
1: no, these letters are going on their way, legal (laughs)
0: Liz mailed a valentine to George, but she got it in the wrong envelope. And it's going to Mr. Dabney, the butcher, who already mistakenly thinks that Liz is in love with him. Well, it's early the next morning and Liz is at Mr. Dabney's waiting to intercept the letter when it comes. In order to make it look like strictly business, Liz has been making purchases every few minutes.
6: Uh, uh, Mr. Dabney, I think I better have two more pork chops, please. Miss Cooper? He already bought
1: a roast, two pounds of bacon, three steaks, four lamb chops, five veal cutlets, and some liverwurst. I got an idea. What's that? You now have more meat than I do. Why don't you start selling it back to me?
6: Never mind the attempt at humor, Mr. Dadney. By the way, uh, when does your mailman get here?
1: Look, Miss Cooper. Red... You're not fooling anybody Pretending to buy meat Making small talk about the mailman All because you want to be near me Come on, admit it
6: (laughs) Mr. Dabney, I don't like you I don't like your looks And I don't like your manner And I think you're completely revolting
1: That's right, make love to me Oh. Oh, thank goodness Here comes
6: the mailman
1: well, good morning, Mr. Dabney. Here's a letter for you. I'll take that. Oh, it's you again, young lady. You must curb this impulse to grab every blue envelope you see. That letter's for me. But
6: it's mine. I wrote it. It's got my name on it. There's a valentine inside.
1: That's the same story she told me yesterday, Miss Cooper. You sent me another valentine. I have not. It's all a mistake. That's the same story she told me yesterday. <laughs> I don't think she's got all her buttons. Mr. Daphne, here's your letter
6: Over my dead body
1: Give me that letter Come back here Oh, my God God. Help, please He just held up the United States Help, please
6: Mrs. Cooper, everything's going to be all right. But, Katie, how will I ever be able to tell George I was arrested for robbing the United States mails and that he has to appear in court with me tomorrow? That won't be easy. Well, anyway, this is one time I'll have an answer when George says, what's new? (laughs) Here he comes now. Good luck. Hi, Liz. Hi, dear.
1: Well, what's new?
6: (laughs) I'm glad you asked that. I'm being sent to Alcatraz.
1: (laughs) Alcatraz? Liz, you joined a pyramid club.
6: (laughs) No, no, let me explain, George. You see, I sent the butcher a valentine by mistake, and since it was already mailed, he wouldn't give it back to me. The butcher? No, the mailman. I waited at the butcher shop until he got there, and when I grabbed the valentine, he called the police. Uh, The mailman? No, the butcher And I tried to explain how it was all a mistake But he wouldn't listen The mailman or the butcher? The policeman Then we all had to go to police court And he said it was a federal offense And I ought to be ashamed The mailman, the butcher, or the policeman? The judge
5: (laughs) Now
1: do you understand, George? Perfectly The butcher sent the mailman a mushy valentine And the judge will send you to prison If I don't marry the policeman What's going on here?
6: Keep calm, George Look, they'll drop the charges if you and I will appear in, in domestic relations court tomorrow.
1: Domestic relations?
6: I'm a victim of circumstantial evidence, George. The judge wants to make up his mind. About what? Whether I should stay with you or marry Mr. Dadney. Oh, no! Uh, <laughs>
2: All right, the domestic relations court will come to order. Now, Mr. Cooper, if you and Mrs. Cooper will sit on this side of the table.
6: All right, Judge Skinner, but I tell you there Please. isn't. Please.
2: And you, Mr. Dabney, over here.
3: Okay,
1: Judge. Hiya, Red.
6: <laughs> oh, drop dead.
1: <laughs> what does he
2: mean? Red. Oh. Please, Mr. Cooper. We must control our feelings. Now, I have studied all the facts in this case kindly supplied to me by Mr. Daphne. Oh, great. And before we start, I want you all to realize that there is no problem too big to solve. Into every life a little rain must fall. Every cloud must have a silver lining, and it is always darkest before the dawn.
6: Well, now that we've had the weather report, let's get on with the case.
2: Lee. Mrs. Cooper, I want to start this hearing with an open mind, bearing no prejudice towards either party. Uh Uh-huh. Now, when did you first realize you were in love with Mr. Dabney?
6: Wait a minute. I'm not in love with Mr. Dabney. Ha!
1: She finds me irresistible. She wrote me two valentines. She hung around the store all morning.
6: That wasn't because I was in love with you. I was waiting for the mailman.
2: Please. One grimy amour at a time.
1: (laughs) Oh, look, Judge. This is all a mix-up. I know how the whole thing happened.
5: Please,
2: please, Mr. Cooper, no tears. (laughs) Don't, don't talk if it hurts. Let me review it for you. I'll recreate the scene. You, Mrs. Cooper, the bored, indifferent housewife, tired of your drab, humdrum life, just waiting for an opportunity to break away from it all. And then one day your husband announces he must leave town, and you realize this is your chance, your opportunity to escape from this
1: colorless, unimaginative man. Now, just
6: a minute. Don't stop him, George. I want to see how this comes out. (laughs) Oh,
1: this is a lot of nonsense. There's no basis for the whole business. Are you forgetting this valentine your wife wrote to her lover? Oh, she wrote that to me.
2: Oh, Mr. Cooper, you're a hard loser. (laughs) Mrs. Cooper, I suggest you read the valentine.
6: All right. Um, dear sweetheart... That's me. That's me.
2: Please. The way this woman operates, it could be me. Continue, continue, Mrs. Cooper.
6: Thank you. Dear sweetheart, I'm under your spell. I love you more than tongue can tell.
1: A uh-huh. hot tongue, 59 cents a pound.
5: <laughs>
2: uh, a good point, Mr. Dabney. Continue, Mrs. Cooper.
6: Thank you. My lover, I have this to say. I care for you in the very worst way.
1: That ought to prove it. Love a worst. Oh, that's just coincidence. She wrote this to her husband, not to her butcher.
2: I must say she writes a valentine with a lot of meat in it. (laughs) Continue.
6: My love for you is not a phony. This valentine is... no baloney. That proves it.
2: It certainly
1: does.
6: Well, George, it's been nice knowing you. If you ever need any meat, come and see us.
1: a minute you're not going to get away with this i love liz i've been married to her for 10 years and no judge or butcher or anyone else in the world is going to take her away from me without a fight
6: why george
1: you understand
2: i'll now hand down my decision i award the custody of mrs cooper to mr cooper
6: hooray you've got my custody hey what's the big idea george
2: well uh, mr dabney i think mrs cooper is in love with you but we must think of mr cooper when i give a man a chance to get rid of his wife after 10 years of marriage and he doesn't take it he's in bad shape (laughs) he needs someone to look after him case dismissed
1: liz i hope this will be a lesson to you now see what can happen when you start messing around in other people's affairs
6: Yes, George.
1: Now, this might really have been nasty and gotten spread all over the papers.
6: Oh, wouldn't that have been terrible?
1: Quiet, quiet, please. I
2: must have quiet. You have been listening to your daily radio session in kindly Judge Skinner's domestic relations court. With us today... Oh, no,
6: George. This this whole thing's been on the air.
0: You have been listening to My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in the Paramount picture Sorrowful Jones. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband next week. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
3: My favorite husband from February 11, 1949, here on Same Time, Same Station. If you'd like to request shows uh, through Facebook at Same Time, comma, Same Station. If you'd like to call us during normal business hours, please area 714 449 1958. There's always email, of course. I'm Larry Gasman one at gmail.com. And I'm John One Gassman at gmail.com.